0: the you what's your favorite scary movie we're gonna press on and we're gonna have the hap, hap, happiest christmas i'll never turn to the dark side into then walk walk can you introduce me as joker Everybody and welcome back to Phil at the Movies. I'm your host, Phil Walsh, and you're listening to episode number 93 of this ongoing podcast series that is for the love of movies. Episode number 93, seven episodes away from the 100th episode of this show, and have to do something a little special to mark that occasion, but. On another note, today marks the start of the third season of Phil at the Movies. Back on January 13th, thousand twenty twenty-two, this show began, and here we are now at the start of a third season with a lot more movies to talk about in the coming year. So at this point, I want to just say thank you to you, the listeners, to you, the friends, for being a part of of this cinematic journey journey with me and most important of all for your support of this show, because you've made it what it has been for now three seasons. And I am just eternally grateful to each and every one of you who takes the time to listen, comment, Chime in with 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 notes or feedback, and and just share our love of movies and cinema. So thank you from the bottom of my heart. Here's to a third season, and God willing, many many more. So today, thought to start off the third season, kind of set the table, if you will, for what is coming down on the uh, down the pike, so to speak in the next couple episodes we are certainly going to be in the midst of award season so i figure now and then especially leading up to the oscars i will try to profile a number of best picture contenders once those nominations are are out uh, are out and uh, available so i will uh, you know going to keep you in mind or keep you posted as things develop in that regard, but uh, certainly if you are following the awards season, uh, Oppenheimer continues its, uh, its sweep, if you will. Last week at the Critics' Choice Awards, it took on Best Director, took on Best Picture, Best Supporting Actor, just to name a few major accomplishments. And uh, again, fingers crossed that Oppenheimer goes all the way for the, uh, the Oscar gold, if you will, but uh, certainly don't want to don't want to jinx anything, but uh, again, I'll, I'll stop now because Lord knows if uh, I start talking about Oppenheimer and uh, Christopher Nolan, uh, we will be here for a few hours, and that isn't fair to you or your time again. I could make a whole show, but just on Oppenheimer alone, which probably I will have to do uh, again before award season, but enough. Enough of that for the time being. There'll be plenty of time uh, for those uh, those follow-ups. So, uh, as I've mentioned to you last week, uh, I've been trying to keep a log of my of the films I've been watching or rewatching every uh, every day this year. And uh, I've seen a number of uh, of familiar films, a lot of old for, uh, favorites of mine. I've seen a lot of new films uh, as well. And so, I've been kind of keeping up with my uh, my uh, journaling, if you will. On the Letterbox app. And I've included that in the show notes if you want to follow along and uh, see what films that I have watched or rewatched this year and again I try to always stick to that every year I'm going to make a a documentation of each film that I uh uh watch and I've been trying so far to do a a movie a day and and so far as of this recording I'm uh, I, I I'm 16 for 16 so <laughs> holding strong for the new year but uh again a lot of great films uh, certainly on the horizon for this year and uh, again sort of tease that Back uh, a few weeks ago, but uh, certainly a lot to look forward to as we get closer uh, as the new year unfolds. I mean, just to name uh, a few films, you've got Dune uh, Part Two coming out in March, Joker, Fawlty Towers, which I'm going to have mentioned probably ad nauseum on this show, and actually an update because I had mentioned it uh, as one of my most anticipated films of the year, which is Mickey Seventeen. And uh, that has now been moved. It was scheduled to come out in March, but now it has been moved to a uh, an unannounced date, likely sometime later this fall. And the thought process behind it, because, I mean, uh, sidebar, the, you know, the Internet went crazy when it was announced that it was uh, postponed or delayed, people thought, "Oh my God, the movie's being canceled," or Warner Brothers is taking another tax write-off or something. Um, but no, fear not. It it, it is uh, it's been delayed again. No date has been announced, but it's it seems like they're they're angling for a a fall release, which would certainly coincide with a lot of festivals, uh, film festivals that take place in the late summer. And early fall, so that certainly kind of feeds into the uh, the narrative, if you will, that there's a lot of uh, awards talk for this particular film. So if my uh, my interest wasn't already uh, peaked, it is certainly uh, doubled and tripled by this uh, by this new revelation and announcement. So more on Mickey Seventeen, hopefully in the coming months. But uh, fear not, it will be released sometime later this year again all good things uh, to those who wait but uh on that note certainly uh wanted to sh- certainly wanted to sort of digest uh some thoughts that I have been uh, uh keeping or keeping around for for some time and certainly marinating uh for for really the last year or so um and then trying to get my words uh right or or uh, punctual as I can be. But I I wanted to sort of talk today, not going to review a film, but sort of talk about the state of a particular genre of film, specifically the comic book movie. Full disclosure, everyone knows I'm a big fan of the genre, particularly anything that has to do with Batman. But it is fair to say, based on just 2023 alone, The genre has taken a dip in terms of public's reaction, uh, public's approval, public's uh, reception to them. Box office receipts are certainly another factor, though, of course, not always uh, the be-all and end-all, though certainly in this particular genre. Uh, The the, the numbers that come in usually are a big indicator of whether or not the film is a success or failure uh, and has any kind of longevity uh, vis-a-vis a a sequel. So it seems like last year, what had been sort of bubbling below the surface, this idea of superhero fatigue, comic book movie fatigue, really came to the surface and it kind of just spilled out everywhere because you had a lot of high-profile films last year like Ant-Man, The Flash, even Aquaman which came out back in December uh that that sort of failed to to mit, uh, hit the mark so to speak and you know while The Flash is still uh, uh, not The Flash uh, Aquaman is still playing in theaters uh, it's not uh it's not certainly making uh as much if you will as its uh, its predecessor which cleared a billion dollars worldwide and again I want to sort of put out this disclaimer you know money certainly Those numbers are not the be-all and end-all, but it is interesting that there hasn't been a comic book film that has grossed over a billion dollars in quite some time. And again, you can read into that what you will, a lot of other factors, prices of tickets and and change and attitudes and whatnot. But it it does seem to me that what has been sort of percolating below the surface is now uh, sort of Reached, uh, reached, reached surface level, and now you know folks are sort of waning off of of comic book movies, and in a lot of ways, it seems all but inevitable, given that the genre has dominated the landscape for, I mean, arguably all of the twenty tens and and into the the uh, the first part of this decade. But it it really does seem that like within the last maybe seven to eight years, it was just a, a constant influx of superhero films and comic book movies almost every other week and, and there's always that concern of oversaturation that maybe things, you know, would, would wear out. And you know, perhaps it, at you know at one point people thought, oh no, this this wave will go on forever. But like the Westerns before, uh trends change, people's opinions change, and and interest ultimately wanes. And I think that's what we're seeing right now. At least that's what I have observed just in terms of people's overall reactions and and genuine interest in seeing a a new comic book or superhero movie i will cite a film that came out last summer called blue beetle which is a fine film i want to put that out there uh at, at the top it's a fine film it it's got a great uh, a great lead but a lot of people's reaction and and i would tend to agree with it is it's nothing that hasn't been done before. It was a, a superhero origin story. And so despite effects or despite uh, how charismatic uh, you know the cast is, it's sort of one of those things we've seen it before. There's nothing new. And if anything, the last few years have shown audiences are only going to turn out for superhero movies and comic book movies if there is some kind of event behind it. Think of Spider-Man No Way Home or Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse or The Batman, just to name a couple examples. But that's really it. People are not just going to show up to a comic book superhero movie because they want to have a real invested interest. And I think that also goes to larger interest at large about people aren't just going to go to the movies for the sake of going to the movies. You look at last year's Oppenheimer and and Barbie, released back in July or or you know famously dubbed Barbenheimer that was an event that was something that people felt genuine excitement and interest to to take part in and be involved in the whole uh, hysteria and excitement and 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 fun of the movies, and of course you had two uh, well-made and exceptional films, so that kind of helped the argument. But again, it sort of goes back to that point: people want to feel an investment; they want to be a part of something that is new and different, and not just okay. Well, we've seen this a hundred times. Oh, it's another uh, CGI, uh, you know, s- slob fest, so to speak. Uh, so yeah, I-, I think we're we're watching a change. In the in the landscape, and you know, kind of to wind the clock back, you look at 2019. You had Marvel's *Avenger: Endgame* which was the biggest movie in the world. It grossed over two billion dollars worldwide. It had fan and critical acclaim, and in many ways, that might have been the the peak, if you will, of of comic book and, and superhero movies. Of course later that year, Joker becomes the first R-rated film to gross over a billion dollars. Joaquin Phoenix wins an Academy Award, becoming only uh the second actor in history to win an award for a comic book film. So I mean again, it really does feel like twenty nineteen might have been the, the grand crescendo of of the genre because flash forward now five years later, the Flash, a a multi-billion dollar uh, budgeted film, heralded, I must say, as uh, one of the greatest comic book movies I've ever made. That's not me saying that. That was industry insiders who were saying that, oh, this is the greatest movie, uh, greatest comic book film ever made. And of course, it featured the return of uh, one of my favorite actors, Michael Keaton, in, in the role that sort of made him a household name as as Batman. And that film just sputtered and, and floundered at the box office. And audience, uh, audiences and, and critics responded with a definite kind of a meh. I mean, and, and you know certainly for me, I enjoyed the film, but it did not it did not catch on. Uh, you know, as a lightning in the bottle as a lot of people uh, had anticipated. And again, that's not just to pick on that particular film. You look at, like I said, two thousand twenty three really saw a downward slope for the comic book movies. You know, this this staple of the industry, almost certified box office gold, was now, like I said, looking more and more. Like the westerns of another era, and again, critic responses are one thing. I think you kind of have to put those almost in a separate category because, generally speaking, critics can be all over the map when it comes to a comic book movie. You take a film like Joker, for example, and just use that uh, to to make my point. Critical reaction to that film overall was was mixed. It was not decidedly negative or decidedly positive. It was generally mixed, but the audience reaction was was largely positive. And again, I think that's a perfect example of drawing a distinction between what the critics saw and ultimately what the the audience saw. And I think tying that into the audience, that's really what speaks lo- uh, what speaks very loud and clear about the state of the in- the industry i mean empty theaters and and diminishing box office returns uh, are certainly a-, a red flag and uh, you know as a fan of the genre i i can say with with absolute certainty it's Time—it's past time to stop questioning whether or not comic book fatigue is real, but instead to say, okay, what comes next? Because I don't think comic book movies and superhero movies are ever going to go away, just as the Westerns never went away. But I think we're in a, a point of transition now where one era has ended and another one is, is beginning. And it ties into what I said about Barbie and Oppenheimer. You know, Barbenheimer, again, Audiences crave excitement and right now for comic book movies that excitement is is not there. The stories seem trite, the effects are overdone, the characters are one-dimensional. Again, in recent years it's hard to name that many good comic book films. And again, I'm not trying to to pick on any one or two particular. Again, if you enjoyed everything that has come out across the spectrum you know, hats off to you, but I think sort of looking at this from kind of a uh an objective lens, if you will it is it is clear that there hasn't been a a comic book film that has had such an impact, if you will as Many of them did in the preceding, you know, five to eight years before. Again, you sort of think of films like Spider-Man: No Way Home, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, The Batman, even Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. These are movies that certainly uh, resonated with with audiences and, and critics. Now, you could argue that they have the built-in uh, name recognition. So there's already that kind of a draw and interest on the audience's part. But at the same time, these were well-made and crafted movies that despite being you know, well-known and established IPs and in part of the comic book uh, you know, movie lore, they were personal stories and had an actual point to, uh, to say. And I think, again, going back to the Barbie example, I know I sort of uh or the Barbenheimer example, I know I sort of seemed like a broken record, and I promised i wasn't going to talk about Oppenheimer, but yet you know here we go, citing it uh as an example but it, it's to that point I think audiences want originality, they're craving uh uh sort of you know versatile uh pictures and and ideas they they don't want to see the same movie just sort of copied and pasted again and again. Barbie and Oppenheimer are two different films. I mean, couldn't be couldn't be more different. They're different in style and tone, but that's exactly what audiences wanted from a summer movie experience. They they, they were offering that you know sort of that that craving that audiences have been looking for, which is something that is outside of the mainstream. It's not just another copy and paste uh, film, another CGI fest, but actual well-crafted and made stories with a larger point to make, which again is always sort of a nice add-on bonus, if you will. Now, I don't think the genre, as some uh, sort of highbrow uh, critics will have, have professed, is ever going to go away. I, I think comic book movies are too are too indispensable, if you will, to the movie industry to just sort of fade off into the sunset. And again, when you have characters like Batman and Spider-Man, who are sort of the two big names, it's only a matter of time before they're revitalized and brought to the screen again and again. Uh, but I think just as the westerns did not necessarily go away entirely i think what you're going to end up seeing is the sort of the uh, the run of the mill films are going to become less and less and and i sort of you know this is not to pick on on blue beetle again but that's a film that you know despite you know being uh being well made and 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 with a with a you know relatively strong cast feels like a movie that would have come out Five to eight years ago, it's nothing that audiences haven't already seen. So I think films like that. I think even films like The Flash, for example, these sort of these big budget multiverse adventure epics, those are going to become fewer and fewer because again, audiences have seen those films and they want something new and they want something different. Again, for as, as many, uh, you know, Ant-Man's or or Aquaman's there are, there you know, there's there are fewer. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse is, uh, or even the Batman, like th- those are those are truly the diamond in the rough, and I think this year really cemented that status. That okay, those films are, are certainly what you should shoot for. You're not always going to get them, but that you know those should be the models, if you will. And there's a there's a quote that I want to share from you. This actually came from uh, Aaron Eckhart, who uh, famously, of course, was in The Dark Knight. And he was asked about the state of comic book movies and, and the genre, and he, of course, being in the Dark Knight, went back and cited that film as sort of the template. And I think he's right on the money. While the you know the argument would not be to just copy and paste what the Dark Knight did. And a lot of comic book films tried to do that, actually, in the years after 2008. But I think that misses misses the mark. And he said something that I thought was really interesting. This is, again, Aaron Eckhart. We want a superhero that's grounded in reality, and we want villains that are grounded in reality. Now, I already know some people are going to say, oh, no, that means you know just doing like what Nolan did. No, I think there's something deeper than that. You don't have to just you know ground a superhero film in in sort of, you know, realistic settings if you will and strip down all of the the fantastical elements. I I don't think that's necessarily the point to take away from. I think what it really means is audiences want heroes that have a relatable quality. They want to have a a a human story in the midst of all of the the grand fights and and drama. And I think a lot of that has been missing. From this genre, in a, for a lot of recent films, I think when you get down to it, whether you've got a a personal story, you know, like uh, say The Dark Knight or or Joker, or or something like Spider Man uh, across the Spider Verse, or even No Way Home, I think ultimately it's about the character's journey. It's about that that internal struggle. If you can do something that is is sort of believable, if you will, that is grounded in our emotional reality, audiences are going to buy into that. Audiences are going to be invested in that character's progression as opposed to just, okay, a bunch of explosions and and CGI battles and nothing really matters. I think that's another thing that has certainly uh, been... uh, been missing, I think, from a lot of superhero films lately, there are no stakes. I think it feels like everything can either just be redone vis-a-vis a, 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 a flashback or a, a, you know, a time machine uh, or you know, enter in the multiverse. And I think it's, it's almost imperative that you get back to the idea of raising the stakes, if you will, so that audiences feel like what's happening on screen actually matters instead of just, oh, let's you know, pick our own journey, so to speak, or pick our own adventure and I will say, this is again where my, my bias will show a little bit, but I think more films like The Dark Knight, please. I know that sort of is the the sort of the great uh, intangible, but that to me, that should be the benchmark for, for superhero films. Not necessarily saying you have to do a copy and paste, put it in the real world, ground it in our reality, so to speak, but strive to have that kind of story, that kind of of, of sort of moral dilemmas that are applicable in our world, even amidst all of the grand spectacle and and fact that you have two lead characters, uh, one dressed like a, you know, in a bat costume, and the other one dressed like a clown, that's immaterial. It, it's about the story. It's about the struggle. And I think The Dark Knight never sacrificed a story for spectacle. Everything had a point. Everything had a purpose. Everything had a payoff. And I think, the more, if, if superhero films could get back to that, I think, frankly, it would be better for the genre as a whole. But, I mean, I'm also, uh, I'm not naive. I know that films like The Dark Knight, as an example, are are rare, and they're like precious gems that are often coveted but never found. And I think that's ultimately what makes it that much more special, is it's, it is such a rare item in a sea of kind of, you know, constant... Uh, superhero films that certainly you know may make a splash but ultimately you know lack a kind of uh staying power and and resonance. I mean there's a reason why now almost 16 years later The Dark Knight is still top of mind for a lot of people myself included and I think that again illustrates the kind of narrative and 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 attention to detail that was put with the making of that film and and certainly I think getting back to that is would be a would be a boon for the for the genre as a whole, but at the same time you know on the flip side, you could say, well, if every film was like that you know the 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 genre would probably still uh have waning interest, and I think that's you know kind of ties everything all together that you know trends and genres are not meant to last forever you know empires eventually do fall, so to speak and and while i you know would never say uh comic book films are gonna go uh you know off into the off into that good night." I think their dominance on the cinematic landscape is fading, and it's fading fast. And and some may have said... That is inevitable, but it's also it's part of life. It's part of the industry. Changes and 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 or I should say trends popularity, uh, and popularity change and fade, and it ultimately allows for something new to emerge, something else to captivate. Creativity is not just a a copy and paste function. There is uh, ingenuity and innovation, and only that can come from one thing ending to another beginning. So I, I'm definitely it, more in the camp that I think we're we're past the the heyday of comic book films I think the genre is certainly I wouldn't even say it's in a slump I I think it's it's in transition right now and and what follows beyond that you know remains to be seen I think again if anything was was shown back in 2023 and looking at just movies as a whole audiences want passion they want innovation they want something new and different. It can't just be something we've seen a hundred times. You can't just rely on nostalgia alone. You have to think, pardon the uh, the cliche, outside of the box, uh, and you know, kind of build it, and they will come. Right, really hitting all the the cliches, if you will. But again, I think nothing nothing can replace passion and and creativity. That should be. The forefront for what comes next in the genre, much like the westerns, uh, so to speak, once their heyday was over, the genre did not go away, but their uh, you know, they, their impact certainly was less felt but when a when a new film was made when a, when an exceptional film was made, it made an impact it had uh, some staying power, so to speak, at least for a period of time, and I think that ultimately could be the uh, the, the trend for superhero films uh down the road i i think and i will just say this if if nothing changes if studios and again i would Look squarely at at Marvel as an example. If they're just going to keep churning out products, and, or you know, I hate to even say it like products, but you know, going to churn out movie after movie after movie, I, I think that's going to completely drive a stake through the heart of the of the genre, for which it may not recover. I really think this is a point of transition now, where you know, less is more, so to speak. And, and I think again audiences will reward that you know again good things come uh to those who wait and that's a lesson that could be certainly applied here but i mean all in all i think you know this is a this is this is an was an inevitability fatigue uh certainly has has set in and now it's now it's a point of transition now it's on to something new and and i think that's the exciting thing uh about about movies and and this particular medium is that it it really relies itself on the next thing it relies on creativity and innovation you can't just stay mired in the past you ultimately have to keep moving forward you know come what may so to speak but there we go there's my there's my little rant if you will i wouldn't even call it a rant more of just a a passionate uh uh Thoughts and just dis- thoughts on on the state of the comic book uh, movie genre, the comic book movie industry as a whole. But let me know your thoughts. Am I way off on this? Is this just some uh, 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 obscure opinion, or or do you agree with this particular take on the uh, the state of the industry and and the the movies going forward? Because I mean, certainly there are a number of comic book films in the in the pipeline two coming out later this year, Deadpool. And uh, a Joker too. So again, it's not like the industry or the genre is already flatlined. There's more. There's two films coming out. Uh, later this year, so there is there is still stuff in the work works, and so it'll be interesting to kind of see the reaction and reception to those films. But uh, I, I'm I'm still sticking to my uh, my my, uh, my gun, so to speak, that the the uh, the industry and the genre is in a point of transition now, and and something else will need to uh, you know certainly be adapted uh, in order to you know. Take it to the next level, or, or you know, again, just sort of let it let it lay dormant for a little bit, and then let someone else come along with a new idea or a new uh, interpretation, and then come what may, uh, so to speak. But all right, there we go. A season, a season on the matter for today. That uh, that does it for. Today's episode. I'll be back next week with an episode focused on poor things. I've been teasing that uh, for a couple weeks now, but I will be back next week with an episode dedicated to this movie, which I can only uh, best describe as a a twisted version of Frankenstein that is both funny, funny, uh, haunting, and beautiful at the same time. It, it is a it is a movie that you you have to see in order to to truly understand it and uh, and experience it. But I, I will do my best next week to try and give you a, a, a clear takeaway, if you will, or a semi-takeaway about this film starring Emma Stone, which she has uh, now managed to score uh, a Critics' Choice Awards for Best Actress, which now, uh, at this point, puts her in the, the driver's seat for maybe taking home uh, Best Actress at the Academy Awards in March. But uh, we shall see. There's still a couple other major uh, major uh, awards uh, ceremonies t- uh, to precede it but uh, to be determined so to speak. Uh, in any event everyone thank you for tuning in to today's episode that's all for now, I'll be back next week and we'll do this all over again for the love of movies <music> All copyright material used or referenced in this show belong to the rightful owners and is made possible by the Fair Use Act. Thank you for listening to Phil at the Movies.